Meditations on First Philosophy by René Descartes One sentence summary Meditations on First Philosophy is the number one work of philosophy of the Western world, written by René Descartes in 1641, abandoning everything that can possibly be doubted and then starting to reason his way from there. My favorite quote from the author is Dubium sapientiae initium Doubt is the origin of wisdom. René Descartes the first time I ever learned something more from René Descartes than cogito ergo sum, which means I think therefore I am, was in 2014. One of the t steps in Ty Lopez's 67 steps program was labeled Descartes and solving problems with a calculator. It explained how Descartes kept questioning himself for days. Is this really true? Is there a 0.0000001% chance it isn't? And every time he found doubts, he removed a particular belief from his mind, until he eventually saw he was left with only one thing. Math. This book shows how he reasoned his way to these conclusions and more. It's one of the prime works of Western philosophy written in 1641, and therefore part of any well-educated man's or woman's reference book. Here are three lessons from Descartes. 1. Your senses don't always tell the truth. 2. The fact that you think proves that you exist. 3. There are three levels of truth in the world. Feeling smart? Our philosophical plane, Descartes, now. <laughs> Pun intended. Meditations on First Philosophy, Lesson 1. Don't trust your senses without questioning them. This answers the question, how can you make better assumptions about what's true and what's not? The first thing Descartes argues is that you can't build your understanding and view of the world on lies. Therefore, anything that can be doubted in even the slightest way must be abandoned in favor of the truth. Approaching life with a healthy dose of skeptical doubt means first not believing everything your senses tell you. Just imagine what it's like to dream. Dreams are vivid, you can feel things in them, taste food and even pain seems real. Yet when you wake up, none of it all has happened. Similarly, mythical creatures like the Minotaur, unicorns and mermaids sure seem unlikely, but don't you still believe in them at least a little? Fake pics and videos circulate the internet and thousands of UFO sightings have been debunked over the years. Just think of The Matrix or The Truman Show or how some animals try to lure others into traps with seductive scents. And you'll instantly agree that not everything you see, hear and feel is real. Meditations on First Philosophy Lesson 2 the ability to think is the best proof of existence. This answers the question, what is at the core of Descartes' famous line, I think, therefore I am. This is where Descartes' most famous line, I think, therefore I am, comes in. Given that all things our senses tell us can be doubted, what's even left? According to Descartes, the one thing we can rely on is knowing that as long as you think, you truly exist. Even if your nose tells you that there's an apple pie smell coming from around the corner, by thinking about it you can challenge this. Whether the apple pie really exists or is actually something else or even just part of a dream, the fact that you think about the apple pie proves that you exist. Whatever our brain perceives, true or not, and can make judgments about is further proof for our own existence. That's why as long as you think, you exist in our life. So much for you being a true thing, but what about all the other stuff in the world? Meditations on First Philosophy, Lesson 3. Everything in the world can be put into one of three categories of truth. This answers the question, what are the different levels of truth according to Descartes?
Okay, so your brain is reliable, but your senses aren't. That leaves us with three different levels of truth then. Level number one, the truth of things you can explain using only your mind. Level number two, the truth of things you can explain by using your senses. And level number three, the truth of things you can explain with a mix of your mind and senses. Descartes says the first level is the most sound, simply because thinking is our most reliable asset. That's why math, a sole construct of the mind, for example, is so utterly rational. By combining mind constructs like math, astronomy, geometry, we can even derive knowledge about faraway objects like the sun, for example the fact that it's a huge round star. Level 2 truths are Two truths are less reliable because they rely on our faulty senses. For example, if you thought the sun was very small simply because you see it only as a small object in the sky, you'd sure be in for a surprise if you ever went there. Lastly, everything where mind and senses mix to explain something based on a combination of our own ideas, like hippogriffs, fairies and dragons, is usually quite far from the truth. These level 3 quote-unquote truths have a small degree of reality. The next time you doubt something, try to think which category it goes into. Here's what I learned from Meditations on First Philosophy by René Descartes. Books like these are where it's super, super useful to have Blinkist, because it gives you a layman's overview of a complicated topic, probably of a book that you would have a hard time reading simply because of the language that's used in it, and you can then... Un from this basic understanding, you can then go into the book and actually find out more about it, right? So it's a sort of um, way of taking baby steps towards something that is very that might be frightening, right? I mean, picking up a book by this card by the card written in 1641, um, that's really a challenge, right? Even if it's translated well in, into sort of modern day English. So this is one of the one of the cases where Blinkist is a really great resource. Um, a little more about uh, Descartes and his approach in general, something I learned from a video I watched on him just now. I will tell you what it is too. So his idea of philosophy was mostly trying to separate the whole what's true from what's not true, right? So what are the things we can trust uh, and what are the things we cannot trust? And his method, as you may have glimpsed from this, is the method of doubts. So he he looked at everything and and looked at whether it was possible to doubt this 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 element or this truth and if it was doubtable then he would toss it out. And he made the comparison of a philosopher having a barrel full of apples and there are some good ones and some rotten ones in there and the philosopher would commit to looking at every apple individually and then tossing out all the rotten ones. Now this is this is the key part looking at issues individually. So what we often have problems with is that we we ask these big questions what's the meaning of life like what is love what should love feel like like how can i find true love and then we don't dissect them into the smallest parts that we can doubt so we so we have an easier time tossing these things out. Um so for example if you if you were to ask what is love well, the first thing you would probably say, you would say that love is, is individual and love is different for everyone, right? So you would know that not everything that your neighbor says is true about love has to be true for you. So that would be one thing. The next thing would be if you if you were dating somebody and you felt miserable and you could ask yourself, like, is this love to me? And then 
No, because I think, or for me, love is X, Y, and Z. And that way you could build your love, your your view of love in chunks, right? You could build it in small chunks. And whenever you have doubts or whenever you're not sure that that's what love is for you, then you could toss those out. And you would build this, this idea of love that you have incrementally in small pieces instead of trying to answer the whole question all in one go. The other part, Descartes, uh, what made Descartes different from, from most philosophers is that he said... Uh, screw studying, screw letters, screw reading, all this kind of stuff. I just, I just want to build what I know on my own reasoning. And this, it all goes back basically starting from his, I think, therefore I am idea. Um, so again, the idea is that it doesn't matter if what you perceive with your senses is true. Like if, am I really recording or am I just dreaming I'm recording? Am I really alive or not? All of this doesn't matter because, not at least not for the for the existence part, because as long as I can think about these topics, as long as I can contemplate the issue whether all of this is real or not, it already proves that at least I exist, right? At least my thinking is is real, my thinking is in existence, and therefore I exist too. So basically, just because you can think about things that already makes proof, proves you exist, it's a very basic proof of existence. And then based on that, uh, Descartes would build his rationing up from, from the ground. So he would travel the world, talk to people, have his own experiences, uh, move around in the world, and sit a lot in his room and chair and lie in his bed and think. Like, that was his main task. And so he wasn't concerned with what society says, he wasn't concerned with tr what tradition says, he wasn't concerned with Uh, what government said, he was only concerned with what he himself, from his own experiences, knew to be true. And this this might not be the most practical approach nowadays, but it's super helpful when you're trying to be creative. Because creativity, or good creativity, is exactly that. It stops, it's, it's stopping to follow what everyone else is doing. I've seen that a lot on Medium recently, because... I stopped writing posts where I thought, oh yeah, this is a popular topic, let me talk about that. Or, this guy does it that way and he's popular, so let me do it his way. I stopped doing all of that and I just started for everything that I wanted to talk about. I asked myself, do I want to talk about this? Is this important to me? Yes, if it is, I talk about it. And when I talk about it, I just ask, what should a good blog post, for example, about productivity be like? And then I just write whatever comes to mind. And it's it's as long as it needs to be. It has as many pictures as it needs. It's formatted the way I think it should be. It's structured the way I think it should be. And it's just what I think sh should be a good post. What, what should it be like? And that's the only question I try to answer. And that has made my work a lot better. And it's received a lot better because I guess it's more creative or more innovative rather than just trying to copy what's already out there. He also, Descartes also had a, he had six passions listed. Uh, geez, love, wonder, hatred, desire, sadness. Ah, and one eludes me. But he has six passions that he talks about and that he analyzed and that he said all other passions are made of, uh, combinations of these passions. Uh, so that was one of his big things. He moved around a lot because he was always afraid of being chased by some government Uh, he uh, and he died in I think at 53 years old or so in 1650 because he moved to Sweden 
probably to uh, impress some girl and uh, he caught I think pneumonia and he died there. So that's some insight, some more background on Descartes. Uh, if you want to learn more about him there's a great video called, it's just called philosophy-René Descartes. If you put René Descartes into YouTube it's one of the first results, it has a yellow background, it's by the School of Life. These videos, they have videos on all different kinds of philosophers and they're all pretty great. So I would encourage you to check that out. Um, other than that I hope you enjoyed learning something about Descartes. Uh, I hope you trust in the value of math, of your thinking, of your existence, and I will see you on one of the next summaries.